Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Matt, how are you, brother? I'm very well, my friend. How are you, Chris? You're all yes. right, buddy. Phenomenal, <laughs> mate. Phenomenal. Every day is another day in paradise. Or was it they say every day above ground is a bonus? So yes, so let's be <laughs> thankful. <laughs> yes. Can I ask you first question? Your yeah. surname, Hoi. I'm I'm someone who spent a bit of time in Hong Kong and China. Is is that is is am I on the right spot there? Is it just nothing to do with that? You've gone down the natural route that most people go down. I'll be fair, um, but no, it's it's actually Celtic. It's um, it's a Celtic uh, derivative. Deri- I can't even say derivative. Derivative. Yeah, yeah that's all. That's all. We'll get there in the end when my lips start working. Probably too thin. Um, it's Celtic. It's actually the first known hoy was uh, baptized or christened uh, in Cork in Ireland in I think it was 1658. Um, but there's strong roots here within Scotland as well, because um, you've got the old man of Hoy that is uh, poking up out there in the sea on the uh, northwest of Scotland, I think it is. Um, and also you've got like Sir Chris Hoy, you know, the, there's a lot of Hoys up uh, up in Scotland and down into Newcastle and that way as well. There's a lot of Hoys around that neck of the woods. So close, close. Well, it, let's be honest, it makes it easier for us because we can just speak English instead of Mandarin. Well, it's very true, but I, I could have been really pop star and gone, yeah, yeah, I'm from out there, guy. You know what I mean? That's where I derive from. <laughs> but no, it's Celtic. I'm proud of it, to be fair with you. You know, I'm proud of it. Man. So, Matt, first off, just a massive thank you for everything you've done during the last couple of years of what I call nonsense, right? You know, thank you. Thank very, you, very few people in the public eye actually stepped out and said what needed to be said. Um, in the music world, I mean, we're, we're, we're both friends with Right Said Fred. Big, yeah. big, big salute to them. Uh, DJ Danny Ramplin, who's just a lovely, lovely man and, and also a, a, a good mate of mine. Um, um, and, and, and a few others, but like literally you could count them on one hand. If Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yes. So, so. I, I just want to start off by thanking you so much for that. And we're obviously going to come on and talk about that. But with respect to UB40, um, could you explain for us, Matt, the the kind of progression there? Because I know they went a long time. Was it like 27 years or something with the same band, the same uh, front man? Was that Ali Campbell? Yeah. And yeah. then then things changed. Can you just explain that so we know what we're, what, what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean prior to my own my knowledge of it is um i i joined the bands in 2010 well i didn't join the original lineup what happened was ali was with them for wherever 25 to 27 years previous to that i think what the problem was he had um management issues and financial issues within the structure of the original lineup um i don't know the full details of that obviously because i wasn't around i wasn't part of that unit um and he left in 2008, I think it was, or 2009. I became a singer with um, with Ali Campbell in 2010, and I was with him for 
12 years. Um, basically, as a solo artist, when he first left, he was a solo artist. Um, Mickey Virtue, who was part of the original lineup, who was the keyboard player with the original band, he went with Ali. Uh, he left. I think he has some issues financially as well. He left. Um, and then in 2014, um, Astro left the original lineup and he went over to Ali's side. And it was at that point that Ali then kind of went out and I think he either bought the name or the rights to the name of UB40 because, you know, unbelievably, um, the, the band, after like, you know, over 30 years of being out on the road and in business, had never thought to, to buy the name. I mean, I know it was a, a pension form back in the day, so I'm sure there was some, some rigmarole around that. Um, but yeah, he bought the name, and that's when he started using the name UB40. So it was UB40 featuring Ali, Astro, and Mickey. Um, then Mickey left due to financial reasons within the new group. Um, and then it was down to Ali and Astro, and sadly Astro passed away uh, last year, you know. Um, so he's just back down to Ali Campbell again there. So, mm -hmm. yes, Ali Campbell, uh, UB40 featuring Ali. So that's as much as I know. <laughs> and 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 your role in all of this was was sing, singer i was a singer yeah i was ali campbell's backup singer i um i covered all his vocals for for 12 years and had a wonderful time doing it you know it was a privilege to be a part of that unit privilege to be a part of that sound you know especially when you're from birmingham and that's i mean ub40 literally they were like um the beatles of birmingham you know Everybody in Birmingham has got a story, whether they're in a pub saying that they stood next to Astro in the toilet or they, they served Ali Campbell in the pub or they parked next to him in the car park or he used to come in my tobacconist to get his cigarettes or everybody's got one of them stories in Birmingham. So to be a part of that and all my friends at school being UB40 fans, to be on the road singing like Red Red Wine and Rats in the Kitchen and all that kind of stuff, it was, uh, it was special for 12 years. It really was. Mm incredible i mean uh ub40 there was always good value i mean their tracks were just uh i don't know what the word is but you know you you got into them didn't you you know it... well they, they were very clear i mean the thing is i mean I, i'm going off from what uh, the, the history of the band really what ali used to tell me i mean ub for the first album um signing off um the management at the time played a really clever trick as calling the band UB40 because what happened there is they automatically gained themselves like 10 million card carrying unemployed people. So ultimately when the album was released, they sold 10 million copies of the album and the front cover was a, basically a picture of the, the doll card and it went to number one. And, they were huge. They were absolutely huge. Um, and the, the, also the clever thing they did was they, the Labour of Love series, one, two, three, four, um, I don't know how many there is now, um, but those were all old reggae songs that never had their just deserves from back in the day, from the 70s and 80s. So what UB40 cleverly did was they redone them in a real, like a poppy way that would enter the British charts. Um, and they had numerous hits with all those tracks, you know, like Red Red One is one, for instance, uh, Homely Girl, Kingston Town. All these were all covers. They weren't UB40 originals. And off the, off the back of that, all the, the guys, the reggae stars in Jamaica that never got their financial reward from all that, they all got paid, you know, which was a wonderful thing to do, you know. 
Yeah, the the, the whole um, kind of Jamaica scene that that's just a phenomenon in itself, or, or or just certainly fascinating, isn't it? You know, Bob 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 Marley. I know. I, I think he was born in Barbados, wasn't he, Bob? But no, no, no. Was it was it Jamaica? No, he's born in Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know his dad was a British Army officer, which might surprise a lot of people. I think he was Scottish. Yeah, he had a, a, a tumultuous time when he was young because he was mixed race, so he got a, he got bullied a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean that that whole history of music from from Jamaica and reggae music is it's it's a it's a culture within itself, and it's something that I will honestly put my hands up before I joined Ali. Um, was quite ignorant towards as well. You know, reggae music to me literally was UB40 or Bob Marley. I didn't know anything else other than that. Um, I never really listened to reggae music. So it was like being indoctr indoctrinated to a new style that I'd never heard before. It was like, because I was seriously into R&B. I was a, a sort of blue-eyed soul boy. I, did, I was into all that kind of music, you know. So to hear a new style of music that I hadn't really discovered before and really enjoy it, and then you know find out the history of it and there was different types of reggae music as well um it was fascinating it really was fascinating and to be a part of that as well in birmingham it was it was phenomenal to get a crash course from the from the masters of it you know have you seen that film was it is it the harder they fall yes is that the the um Oh God, the Idris Elba one or oh i i watched the original back in the day Right. I won't pretend, Matt, that I remember a lot of it, but I, I, I just do remember it went into the kind of in intricacies of the music scene in Jamaica and yeah, and also how it was kind of intertwined with the gangster scene, wasn't it? In a, I think Bob yeah. Marley got shot shot on at least one occasion. He did, and, and I think that was one of the main reasons he came to uh, through Chris Blackwood is why he came to to the UK to start recording. Um, and I think he saw the UK kind of as his second home, uh, well, a, a safety base, really, more than anything. Um, and he was shot at, yeah. Um, but that's when he, when he came to England, it, it was the whole new sound was developed with Bob in the studios through Chris Blackwood um, in the studios in London. Mm. Um, and he kind of really invented a new sound of, sound of reggae music, which was amazing. I mean, and... That's that's what I knew when I was young. I didn't really know anything else other than that and UB40, like I said. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely got some power behind it, and it's definitely got some spiritual guidance behind it. Reggae music, especially in people like Bob Marley, because he was more of like a prophet more than anything, you know, bringing people together. And he actually did what he said on the tin. He didn't just write about it and perform about it. He did it, you know, in real life, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating story, culture, uh, and style of music altogether. It's like real. Um, it's like people's lives. Reggae music. It's, it's fascinating, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't, you know, presume to know everything about it either. You know what I mean? Because it's so in depth and and so um, people's. It's it's people's lives that you're messing with and talking with. So to kind of speculate, it really doesn't do it. It's just deserves, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things that Bob said that really affected my life. And, and probably the biggest one um, is he was a runner. He loved running, which is something that I try and do every day if, 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 if I can. And yeah. And someone said to him, Bob, why do you run? And he said, cause it makes me feel good. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't yes. realize he was from Scotland. 
that was a, uh, that was my Brummy accent, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, my favorite, my, my favorite one from Bob was the um, when people asked him how, how rich he was, and, and people thought that he was rich via money, and he's, it's things in his life, his personal, you know, is it possessions that make you rich, or is it life that makes you rich? And the people that are in your life, that's what makes you rich, not possessions and money. And I, I find that to be true because you can have as much money in the world, you know, have so much money in the world and still be unhappy. You know, it's what the, what surrounds you, you know, and the people that surround you and the things that you do day in, day out in your life. Those are the things that are special to you that are, mm-hmm. are for me, they're uh, valuable, not, not cash or properties or cars or, you know, lifestyle. You know, so yeah, a very, very wise man, Bob Marley. Very mm. wise. He also said something else in his lyrics, didn't he? He said, um, "Have no, I'm not going to do the accent, folks. Just, oh, just we're all good." <laughs> Have no fear for atomic. No, I'm not going to sound like Jim Davison now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Jim Davison's. I mean, I was that age where you know Jim was like the Britain's most popular comedian. He was, yeah. And and nobody batted an eyelid back then because we didn't kind of get oppression and prejudice and all this. Um, he used to have his character, Chalky, Chalky Whiteman. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. I do remember it. He's, uh, one of his jokes was, Chalky's crossing a zebra crossing. No, you see me, no, you don't. <laughs> right? And yeah. back back then, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. But it's it's funny, isn't it, how... how you know, it, it, it's it's funny how things change. But the the Bob thing uh, I was going to highlight was um, he said, "Have no fear of atomic energy because none of them can stop at the time." You know, it's like shit's going to mm. happen. Don't it's not your worry. <laughs> you know, in, it's all going to come out in a wash. I guess what yeah. it meant uh, meant is is the life go life's life's going to go on no matter how much stupid human interruption this is this is the this the thing i've come to believe that that you you can't panic because life truly is organic you know what i mean and no matter what you do there's nothing that you're going to do or the neighbors are going to do or somebody down the street they're going to do to stop it you know things move on and progress in their own course um you can help veer it to a certain direction you can push it to a certain direction and you can stand up for what you believe um and that's where, for me, the last two years have truly um, just been all I can think about, really. That it, it, it's, it's, I've always been that type of person that um, I always trust my gut. I've always trusted my gut. And it's never, ever let me down. And it's never let me down career-wise. And it's never let me down... Um, with the people that I've met, you know, when you get that first impression of somebody, you kind of, you can ride it out. You can get that impression of think, well, you're a bit of a wrong gun, but if it's going to benefit me for a certain period of time, then I'll go with it. And then I'll, I'll tell you later, you know what I mean? Um, but I, it's never, ever let me down. And it never let me down at the beginning of 2020 either. And there was just something about what was going on that I just thought, no, no, no. This is this is completely wrong, and I, I can't sit back and just let this wash over and just wash you know watch what is unfolding in front of me. You know it was ridiculous. 
Uh, you and me both, brother, and also so many of the people that will be watching now. And give big, big bloody credit to all of us. You know, someone has to stand up for the children. And if you don't, what does that say about you? You know, it says you're either like a bit indoctrinated, possibly by the mainstream media, or, or you're a coward. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there's two options there that just aren't they're just not acceptable. But Matt, before we go on and talk about that, I, uh, yeah. singing is an incredible thing, you know. It's funny talking about Bob Marley. I actually sang Bob Marley to Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When Rob came on the podcast, I told him that the, the best advice I was ever, ever given, and it was given to me by a girl, in, a girl that I kind of, uh, can we say, got off with one night in South Africa. Yeah, okay. Very, yeah. very, just one of those nights that's, just bizarre but goes down in your in in in, in, in your memory and your history yeah. and, I, and i met this girl and i i was a bit i, I got a bit nervous uh because the next day we were going to fly to mozambique um me and this group of uh volunteer workers and we was going to teach street kids um and i don't know why i just got this uh, like feeling of uncertainty and she just looked at me and she said don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing's gonna be all right. And I tell you what, it hit the nail on that head. And yeah. I've kept it with me ever, ever since. And ever since that moment, I've never worried about anything, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But getting back to the singing, it's, an, it's a funny thing, right? I've had occasions like I've done opera and, um, or, uh, you know, not, not professional or anything, but I've done amateur opera and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And I'll have people come up to me and go, Chris, you've just got a hell of a voice. And then I'll have other people go, Chris, shut up, will you? you don't... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll get that most of the time. <laughs> you don't know how to sing. And and I get quite angry about that because I say, fuck you. Everyone can sing and they should yeah. be allowed to whenever they want to doesn't yeah. matter whether we're in tune or who, who are you to tell other people what what they can and can't do if it if it makes them happy you know exactly no but, i agree but yourself obviously you're you're pretty good at that at the <laughs> art <laughs> well thanks mate i appreciate that it's it's been something that's paid the bills for a, a, quite a few years so yeah um I, no thank you and i agree with you it is singing releases natural pheromones in the body it's a it's a joyous thing to do um and you know obviously you are going to get some people who are tone deaf but you know who am i to judge if it's making them happy then exactly you know belt it out and that's what it's for that's what music is for it's a joyous sound it's a joyous situation to be in to listen to something that is making you happy and if you want to enjoy it then join in. And that's what concerts are for. That's why music and concerts go hand in hand because it's people turn up because they want to sing along with the music that's playing. Um, I love it. I, I don't think I could do anything else other than sing now. I think once you realise that you can hold a note and you hear yourself and you get that feeling and the resonance through your body, um, there's just something that's very, very addictive about vocalising stuff, you know, especially with harmonies as well when you hear them lock in and they resonate against each other it's uh it's magical it really is magical you know so i would never change my job and and don't you ever change either mate you carry on singing as well and keep singing the bob marley songs as well 
Well, it, it's let's be honest, it's a spiritual connection, isn't it? And this is what yeah. we're missing in life. You know, we're so severed from what we really are, which I tell, every, you know, I say this every day, people would be bored of me, but, you know, we universe, we are the universe and we should celebrate that. And, and instead of thinking that we're this little insignificant birth certificate identity, that I'm going to argue with you, Mac, is, oh, my hat's better than your, oh, fuck you, I'm going to put someone on Twitter now because you're a big, <laughs> and, and it's yes. just, it's all so silly, and it's this beauty to, you know, when, when I do my run in the morning, I just love listening to house music because it's uplifting, it's not, you know, and, and it just, it's just brilliant. Do you know, the thing is, Chris, it's like when talking about you and your running, when you're out there, and you're in the countryside it's like the countryside doesn't know whether you're a man or a woman it just sees you as an object running because we're all vibrations everybody knows that the human body that the world everything is built upon vibrations and that's what music is music is vibrations your surroundings they're all built upon vibrations so when you're out there you're not chris you're not a man you're not a woman you're not an object you're not you're just out there in that environment sucking up the vibrations and there's so many beautiful vibrations out there to be had to enjoy that we do get sidetracked with all the technology with the phones with the tv with the propaganda with the radio with having the best car with having the best house with having the best jacuzzi with having the best drink oh we're having a, a you know it just goes on and on and on and it just absolutely it's a mind fuck and that's what they these people want they want you to be sucked into all of this shit so they can control you and put you in a box over there when actually like you've just said if you actually turn off from all that out there is the most wonderful joyous world and a lot of people confuse religion with spirituality as well you know they're completely two different things and the spiritual side of things out there if you enjoy what's out there the world you know france germany before we named them, they were just a plot of land. They weren't side by side. It was the whole world was just one plot of land, which what we are, one world, you know, one love. Um, and people need to get back to that. We need to retract a little bit and realise who we are. Like you said on the birth certificate, we're not a name, we're not an identity, we're not a sex. You know, I'm me. It doesn't matter if I've got a name or not. You know, this is me. So, yeah, I'm getting all philosophical yeah but it's what we need to hear and it's what i'm trying to you know I'm, uh, i've sort of gone that way with my channel because it was always my intention just to enlighten you know i want people to be enlightened and because it, it's a great place to be you know yeah. not to live in that matrix of fear and bitterness and hatred and greed and and, and jealousy and envy and your only source of information is the mainstream media and that's all that's all you know and as such you go out and you you're not helpful you know you're not help you're not exactly, you, yeah. you, you can't fight for the kids because you only know the narrative coming from from the psychopaths so yeah it's uh on the subject of uh, uh um singing then matt did did you were you always a natural singer have you have you undergone training over the years I, I, from from when the age of three, Chris, I, I used to get caught um, singing along to the radio. Um, and then when I was about five or six, um, I, st <laughs> I stole off my mother. She had a, a Bush portable record player uh, from the 50s. And um, I just stole it, basically, and put it in my bedroom and took all of her records with me. And um, I just used to sit there for hours on end. I mean, I, God, no, I didn't know what the records were.
months ago because I was only five, but it was just the sound that used to come out of this thing. I was fascinated by it. Um, and then I got hooked onto the charts every Sunday and I'd be recording the charts from five till seven. Um, but singing for me, I, I, I had a natural um, ear for it. I could hear, you know, I could sing straight away. Um, but I used to get really drawn out and tired and my throat used to clench up and my, I was the technical side of it. I didn't. So I had a few lessons to to get me over that bridge um, so I could perform properly. I used to do three or four songs and then I'd just be able to start to stop because I literally couldn't get a note out because I was so tight, my throat, my chest and at the back of my head because for the high notes, I'd be reaching up and it was awful. Um, so after the singing lessons, I had a wonderful opera singer teach me how to sing and breathe, um, Joe Dwyer. She was amazing. Um, and I never looked back and I, it was just, I, I'd sing anything, I, you know, whatever I could get my hands on, I'd sing soul, Motown, um, I tried rock music, didn't really work out, but you know, I loved it. I listened to it, um, pop music, anything. I just love music, you know, any genre. So do you remember those little record players? They come in like a red vinyl box Yes, and, and you could put a little arm over, and you could play like a stack of. of yes, of, I do. Uh, yeah, I used to I drop after each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember when you recorded off the radio, and the DJs on the radio they would always talk over the beginning and the end of the record, so that you couldn't pi pirate it. That was the art form, wasn't it? It was like sitting there with your finger hovering over the pause button, waiting for him to go, and then, oh, God, I missed it every time. Every time I missed it. So, yeah, oh. to get the actual perfect song was like it never happened. <laughs> How funny is that for young people now that we used to sit, friends? We used to sit there. It was a yeah. Sunday evening. It was the top oh. top 30, right? And you couldn't wait for the number one. You used to sit with your little recorder recording it off the radio trying to hit like pause when smashy and nicey come in with them oh <laughs> i'm not that old i was bruno brooks <laughs> <laughs> oh mate i go back i used to go off to sleep to radio luxembourg really was, I, was that a ship i i can't remember if that was it the was same... a boat wasn't it just out of reach where they couldn't arrest yeah. them basically yeah Oh, I used to love it. You know, it just become a thing. I'd put Radio Lux and I'd just drift off to sleep listening, listening to the music. It was... Well, a lot of the big DJs that we had on Radio 1 all started off on Luxembourg. I think you had Noel Evans and Steve Wright, uh, Mike Reed, uh, Tony Blackburn. Um, a lot of them started on Radio Luxembourg, yeah. They learnt the craft literally out there on the seas, you know what I mean? Do you think, Matt, that they're a funny old bunch BBC people, aren't they? Um, I think I'm not just talking about the last couple of years, although clearly I am, but like they're fucking nasty, you know. <laughs> they, that's, that's what they, no, no, I'm with you, mate. Not, um... not, not all of them. I haven't met all of them, but I'm thinking in between. I mean, I've done interviews with former BBC people that are against the narrative. And yeah. so I say interview, I mean a podcast. It's a chat like we're having now. And and it's almost like they've gone into BBC mode and they've gone, yep. Oh, oh, what? Oh, so you're saying the Bible? Oh, well, that's just a book. And I'm like, well, well, well come to, hang on, calm down. You invited me on your show. Let yeah. me fucking speak. Yeah. It's, it's, we, and when you see, um, oh, I don't know if James Whale is a BBC. I, I think he was back in the day, 
but it's just bloody horrible to people. And the the Jeremy Kyle guy, what is that about? Yeah, yeah. It, I, mate, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I've done quite a few things on the BBC. I mean, I probably never will anymore now because I've spoken out against them. But it's it literally is. Um, it's like a club. It's like a club that they become part of. And once you're in, um, it's kind of like they're sworn to secrecy. Even if they've left, they find it really difficult to converse about, you know, back in the day or like 10 or 20 years ago. They they kind of, it's, it's like you said, as soon as you talk to them about it, like a, a shield comes up and they, they just turn off and give you the generic chat or spiel that they're told to give, you know. Mm. Um and I, I, I think, you know, looking at it logically, I've done quite a few different things with the BBC and, you know, ITV and stuff like that. They're all the same, really. They're all the same people that run. I mean, the BBC and ITV are interconnected. They use each other's studios. I mean, back in the day when I was young, it was the BBC and ITV were like opposites do you know what i mean they hated each other they, you'd never get this mix of you know itv advertising something that's on bbc like you know this morning advertising dancers on strictly that that kind of thing would never have happened so they're all interconnected now they're all one big propaganda machine that pushed shit forward um but there is a vibe and when you go to the studios you are kind of made to feel like um you should be pleased to be here you should be honored to be here that the fact that we we're letting you on our show or we're letting you on our channel and, and it's a really strange vibe it really is a strange vibe and all the presenters and the people that are part of it uh, i won't say all of them because i know some of them and they're lovely people but there is definitely a, a vibe completely i mean especially with the beat you know i mean because of all what's come out in the past the recent years um there's definitely a vibe there but they'd still feel like they can carry on and continue with what they're doing it's like yeah so well we, that's over there let's not talk about that but we're going to carry on you know that's the vibe you get from the beep you know they don't care so but I, I agree with what you're saying yeah hey mate i won't have a word said against that lovely jimmy savile all right <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> now, now then now then now of a letter letter here from a young man called matt <laughs> Did well, it's the thing, you know, mate. I, I was listening to some. Um, God, there was an interview with some of the people that worked at the BBC during that period, and because of who Jimmy Savile was, who he was, the staff on the floor, the, you know, the floor staff and and the and the and the staging staff. She's like, well, that's what he does. You know, you've got to know Jimmy. That's what he. That's the kind of stuff he does. You know, if you want to keep your job, you know, then you just and just people just put up with this shit. You know, the fact that this old dude was coming in assaulting abusing young girls and young boys in front of their eyes, but they were too afraid to say anything because they didn't want to lose the job. I'm sorry. I'd rather not have chips tonight and do the right thing. Do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's disgusting. And it, it wasn't just him. I mean, obviously, he was the, the top of the pile. But, you know, Rolf Harris and all these kind of people that were portrayed as these family-loving people. And the fact that the BBC put them in those situations and um, videos that portrayed them as kid loving you know when Rolf Harris did the swimming thing you know when he's in the pool with all the little boys and they kind of made it even worse you know if you knew that he was a paedophile the last thing you do is go well we'll keep Rolf out of that situation let's just keep him on his art program where he's going you know let's not put him in a fucking swimming pool with a load of fucking kids in trunks it's like come on man you know what I mean it's ridiculous or 
Jimmy Savile, you, well, we know he messes with little girls when they're closer. I know. Let's surround him in about 20 little girls and just squash him in tight. You just wouldn't, it's like encouraging it, you know, it's unbelievable. Mm. It's insane. But I mean, he literally, I mean, someone got upset with me because I, 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 this isn't, folks, this is not, I'm not bigging myself up here, but I was, Matt, I was awarded uh, Veteran of the Year this year. Hey, congratulations. Yes. Well done, mate. Uh, English Veteran of the Year for inspiration, right? And and here's the thing: like I've been, uh, I'm sure, like yourself, and a lot of uh, uh, I've been for a few challenges in my life. You know, I shouldn't really still be here, but I've always believed in myself. I've always believed in love. I've always believed, it, you know, it, that life is just beautiful. And I and I hung in there, and I've got over. And when I was awarded this, it's it's like I say, I shouldn't really be here, and my family is still chuffed to bits that I'm, I'm alive really yeah yeah um so it was a nice it was a nice moment and i i put a a, a, a post on my facebook i don't it is a very rarely go on facebook right other than my professional page and i put a, a, a thing out and someone just come in and was like how dare you post this when it's like the queen died yesterday why are you not saluting the queen you're a veteran and, yeah. and and you should give it seven days. Before. I'm like, I don't think my friends and my family give a f no disrespect to the Queen. I think they're like really happy, like that I've actually got a really good result. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm doing some good stuff and and saving people's lives and da 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 da. da. But I was tempted to write back. Should I give a shout out for Jimmy Savile as well? <laughs> and Rolf Harris, who painted the Queen. I mean, it's not it's not a nice picture building up. up uh, it's it's no. not an, it's not a nice picture when you when when you but but I, I guess a lot of people don't see all this stuff, do they? They. But you know what I found at that period of time during when the Queen passed away, the the vitriol that people had against each other over a woman they'd never even spoken to. You know, this was like in, in most people's eyes, the the Queen really was like a. A figment of imagination. She was the queen. She was the royalty. She was in the palace. You know, they'd never even, you know, spoken a word to this woman in their lives. Now, all of a sudden, she was as important to them as their own grandmother or their own mother. And people they'd never even spoken to before, like on Facebook and, you know, Twitter and stuff like that. The venom that was coming out of these people's mouths was absolutely off the scale. I couldn't believe, you know, the people that were, oh, you. Fucking arsehole, who the hell do you think you are? This woman served our country, this woman's blah, blah. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sad that a person has died. You know, it's awful that a woman has died. But, you know, she had a good inning. She was 96. And, mm. you know, for me, you got to kind of ask yourself, at what point did the Queen, as the monarch, help you in your life, in your day-to-day -day life? How did she serve you? How did she help you? And nobody could answer the question because she didn't do anything for them personally. But the passion they had to defend her was literally, like I said, off the scale. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. So, I mean, even for the fact that you're putting something out there that's positive, that you've done a good thing, it's an amazing thing that you've achieved, and it really is wonderful, there's still the venom in people's hearts to go for you that bad, that strong, when it's a good thing, so God only knows if it was a bad thing what they'd be coming with. You know what I mean? I, I just, 
it's unbelievable. But the human beings literally have split right there in the middle over the last two years. And I'm so pleased to be on the side I'm on because the other side, the, the, the liberalism that was supposedly supposed to be there years ago, I think they're worse than anybody now. You know, the, the things they come out with, the, the venom. I, I, I mean, I use that word venom and poison because it astounds me. It really does astounds me. All these that were so-called lefties that were supposed to be lovely people, and this is why we're all in it together and blah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. If you don't have the vaccine, then, you, you know, you deserve to die. You know, you're spreading it to other people. You should die anyway. I, I, you know, I wouldn't dream of saying that to anybody, you know. So for the fact that there was thousands upon thousands of people saying it to people that haven't had a vaccination, not knowing their personal situations was just mind-blowing to me. Mm. But anyway, going back to the Queen. Well, no, uh, uh, Matt, you're, 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 you're very right. And, and, and let's not forget, and I, I'm not going to blame a 96-year-old woman, right? Um, but this was a person that told me if I didn't, do a certain thing to my body and also my my family that I was selfish. Yeah. Right. Even though two years prior, I, you I, personally, I, I didn't, I, I, we got to be careful what we say in that, but you know, I didn't think this was going to end well, you know, no, when you no. take actions in life, there's repercussions. Sometimes if you've done a right action, you know, you've done, done the repercussions are great. Mm. But if you make a mistake, you pay for it and you pay for it. You can pay for it dearly. And I I honestly believe that's what we're seeing. And so to to have a monarch, if that's the right word, yeah, tell me that I'm selfish if I don't just go with with the 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 masses, which I've never done. I've never mm. done that in my life. I've always done my own thing. You know, I was the same in the Marines. I don't care if I'm in a troop and 29 people want to, uh, if it's fucking wrong, I just go, nah, nah, you know, doesn't, doesn't always do you any favors, but at least, you know, you, 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 your own person, you know? Um, so they're all at it, isn't they? They're, it was, a, it, it, I mean, like we said earlier, Matt, that you can count on certainly two hands and we didn't mention Ian Brown, did we? No, Ian Brown, also Jim Corr, Van Morrison. Um, yeah. There's a few of them out there, you know, but like you said, it's literally, I'd, I'd give it two hands at max. Mm. Um, the people that genuinely stood up for their beliefs and stood by their bedposts and went, no, this isn't right. Um, you know, and that's absolutely shocking, considering that the type of music that has come out of Britain over the last 30 or 40 years from this, you know, from the, I'd say from the seventies, you know, with the sex pistols and stuff like that. And standing against the machine was, was part of what made British music stand out all over the world because the rest of the world was just kind of playing lovey dovey music all over. Do you know what I mean? And Britain was the only country that went, no, fuck you. We're going to get political. This isn't right. We're so for when all this kicked off, I was expecting all these type of bands that had stood up against the machine before, they're on the front line, you know, giving it some. Mm. And it turned out to be a handful of artists that you would never have put in that category at all. I mean, you would never have put Right Said Fred in that category of, of you know, like the pistols and stuff like that, about going against the, the regime, going against the, the system. And, you know, they write, 
pop songs. You know, they're phenomenal at right points. They're, 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 they're great guys, but my God, have they stood by their beds. They've been absolutely phenomenal over the last two years, and nobody has got one over on them. Nobody has got past them, and they've stood up to everything that's been thrown at them. They're unbelievable. And they've stood by me through the last two years as well. They're fantastic guys. You know, but Jim Core from The Cause, you wouldn't expect him to stand up again. Van Morrison, you know, all these people, they're just, they're not the people you would expect, you know, and, and that's blown me away. really has. Yes, we're getting into the realms of spirituality here because I know, well, you did. you you said look if you want that fuck off i'll lose my job over it right yeah yeah i would do the same except obviously i'm self-employed so but but had i been in a job fucking understand me people i don't give a shit if she's paying me 60 grand a year i would have said ta-ta fuck you i'll go and live in a cardboard box i you don't force me to do something against my will you know that is not that is not an employer that is a persecutor we had the same thing in the military you know, we had young lads there in training collapsing with all with um can we say, you know, I'm just gonna say collapsing and 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 nobody cared. Hang on, you guys all yeah. think you're the most elite force in the whole world, but you'll do that to your own people. Yeah. And none of you've got the fucking courage to stand up and go, no, actually, there's a bit of bullshit. You know, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, but friends listening, we're, we're, we're absolutely not talking about vaccinations or anything like that because we're not allowed to, okay? We're just talking about, like, other stuff, okay? But, but Matt, you know, it's just in, in it's just insane. Like, the hardest men I know or the, or the allegedly the toughest, were, they was the first to go along with all this stuff. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. I'm like, hang on, did... Did you and I join the same force or am I have I just gone completely fucking mental? Yeah. What you want to yeah. do that to children? Yeah. There's why? Yeah. Why? Oh yeah, because the the the, the BBC told you to, wasn't it? Yeah, that is essentially what we're talking about. And um it's again, let's go back to the spiritual thing. It's it's either you know, you're either on the spiritual cook and you get it that there's some things worth more than your paycheck you know you can always reconfigure that and find you know there's something and and it's it's doing what's right and it's not being afraid yeah no i completely agree i mean obviously in my line of work i i didn't have well you don't tend to get a lot of tough guys in the music industry um but it was that kind of um hey i wouldn't like you carry on I wouldn't fight, right? Said Fred. They, they, <laughs> I think they beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Actually, Mate. I hope we I hope we could have a group hug instead because they are lovely, lovely boys. Those two, they're the best. They, they, they really they, are. The they, they really are. Um, but yeah, for me, within the music industry, initially, what blew me away was that, I mean, every single alarm bell in my head was going off. It was like flashing red constant, constantly. <laughs> And talking to other musicians and, you know, people that, that toured a lot, the main, the main um, line of conversation was always, well, you know, I need to get back out there, get, get, get working, you know what I mean? If it means I can get back out to work, then, you know, it's, it's, only, it's only a jab, in it? You know, we get back. 
and then, like you say, with the, with the kids and everything, and give you know, well, you know, if it's going to get us back out there, so we can go on holiday, then you know that. And it was it was my it was absolutely freaking mind blowing that, that these people, and you know, I'm talking like eighty percent of the people I know, maybe not even ninety percent, um, close friends. As I've got a handful on Facebook that actually. Mm-hmm thought the same way as me not it maybe not even a handful you know each little as i'm thinking of it it's got actually no no there's, there's only about three um but the, the the limits and the lengths they would go to having this so just so they could get back out there mm. on a tour bus and play some shows um yeah there was on, uh, uh, on holiday you know an- another shout out should be dj mark devlin who's, who's... oh mark devlin yeah King. yeah yeah i've tried Absolutely. to get mark up mark on the show but i don't I don't think he, he understands I'm a massive legend. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> he, fuck, he fucked me off, basically. No, no, bless him. He sent a very kind message to say, Chris, I'm so busy. Could could we? But, you know, I just want to, like, give him a voice because. Absolutely. And, and one person he flat up, I, I don't like slagging people off. But then again, it's like when you come for my child, I think you deserve a mention. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean by that is if you support this stuff, you'll go, you want it to go all the way. That, that's, that's, that's babies. Every, every, right. I, I don't know if you know, Matt, right. There's a freedom of information request. I've shown it on the podcast about three times now. Right. Um, somebody asked the government, how many people have actually died from this thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And the period they asked for the data was a, a, a approximately a year and a half. Yeah. How many people have actually died from this thing? The results, and you can find this online, folks, or just check my previous videos, was under the age of, uh, let's just say, 35. Yeah. Talking about four people, right? Maybe I'm looking at the men's category with the women. uh, Let's just say 10, right? Which is a a gross, it's an exaggeration, but right. That is what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about people with diabetes and heart condition, but but like if you've got those conditions, you know, sorry to enlighten you folks, but you are gonna die younger. <laughs> it's yeah, it's all about lifestyle choice, you know. This isn't just like stuff that's sent down from Satan. You you are a product of your your bodily environment. If you don't look after yourselves, you're gonna get fucking sick. And most people think they can eat whatever they want, and, and it's gonna have no re. Well, it does. It you know, it 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 does. We've got used to seeing like a mobility scooter as a badge of honor. Mm. You know, <laughs> like I'm a victim. This like how how uh, well it, like really. You know, let's let. What did you eat this morning? Well, a bowl of shreddies. Ooh, okay. What do you have for lunch? Well, uh, uh, you know, pie and chip. All uh, right. Okay. Any like vegetables in there? Any? Yeah. Any, n- no vegetable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and I can't. Uh, but but so what we're talking about, and this this hello YouTube. This freedom of information request was submitted to the Office of National Statistics, which is a government body mm. and the results which are online are under the age of uh let's just say 35 is approximately yeah. 10 10 people what is going on matt you I know. Know. what I know. is going on 
on uh we, and we were ter- we were placed under such terror that if we didn't do this thing or that thing or this bloody you know and if our children and and if you can get them from when they're they're talking about like six months old it's chicken oriental mate isn't it it really is and you know in the, for me what <clears throat> what shocked me so much is that people i thought i knew I think it's going back to what you said, you know, like the tough guy thing, you know, people I thought I knew were just literally rolling out of bed and rolling their sleeves up to just get this thing just so they thought they could go back to normal. And what <clears throat> the other thing that astonished me was that their um, their true personalities shone through. So for me, my choice, my opinion on what was being rolled out was not to have it. And I'm entitled to that opinion. I'm entitled to choose what I put into my body or what I choose not to put into my body. The problem a lot of people had was that they couldn't um, <clears throat> they couldn't level with the conversation. It was either you have this vax or you're an asshole or you're murdering your family or you're, you, you know, and, and I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing from people, people I thought I knew. Um, people that unfriended me on Facebook, people that, you know, deleted me from their phones, blocked me and wouldn't speak to me again just because I had a different way or a different opinion on what was happening. And and I lost loads of friends and I have lost loads of friends over this. And now it's finally kind of coming around to our way that we were right all along. Um, there's, There's no apology either. It's like they're too up their own ass or pig-headed to even admit they were wrong now. And they'd rather just carry on not talking to you because they don't want to admit they were wrong because they were so poisonous in the beginning, you know, with what they were saying. It, it, it blew my mind. It really blew my mind. And, and on something that had no long-term data as well, it was absolutely mind-blowing, the whole situation. And I, I really, to this day, still cannot believe what we went through with these people. It was the biggest psyop on people's brains that I have ever witnessed. I mean, it literally was mm. unbelievable and so clever the way they did it. You know, I mean, you've got to tip your hat. You've got to acknowledge how good it was because 75, 80% of the population just fell for it, hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And that's what the last two years were. And they all just got sucked in because they wanted to go on holiday or wanted to carry on working. And please really are we at that point and you've got to acknowledge all the people like you said that stood up for it in the musicians like freds and jim core and um van morrison and also people there are on social media that have taken to things like gb news and stuff like that you know like beverly turner and tonya buxton and um gareth ike and all these people that have you know been there from the beginning I mean, I mean, God, David Ike, what a legend. He, he was there from the beginning and still mm. is there pushing it out and warning everybody in town. You know, and this man has had like 30 years of grief of everybody calling him everything under the sun. And all he said for the last 30 years has literally come true. Yeah. And he's still, he's just recently, I don't know if you've just seen recently, he's been banned from the EU for two years. They will not let him in for two years because of his um, beliefs. You know, so they're still scared of him. You know, it's it's insane what's going on. Yeah, I was chatting with Dave the other day. Very lovely. We had a great chat. The the thing that I really liked, and this is a bit special, is at the end of our podcast, he said, we're talking about the Sabatier and Frankist cult, which is, uh, this is, 
it's one thing understanding all, all what's gone on the last two. It's another understanding who's who's behind it. You you have to take your thinking, folks, to a higher level, which you can only do by researching. Mm. Um, and it was really nice because at the end, uh, oh my my volume's gone down a sec. Hang on. Um, but uh, at the end of the podcast, he said, "Chris, you're the only person ever in my whole life of of being in the media that's." ever asked me about that and i said yeah because i understand it that i get all of it i get yeah. everything now right there's a few points i'm a bit you know you you never i i i complete i can see i can completely see i look back at the the uh <clears throat> can we say epidemic in the 80s right i know i know how that worked i know how that worked i know mm. what caused it i know but i also know oh Incidentally, who was who? Who was the chief spokesman there? Was it a chap called Fauci? <laughs> yes, it was. It yeah. was playing yeah. their game, you know. And the the amount of brainwashing and and literally sending down the wrong avenue that these folks have done to society, getting you to have a completely misunderstanding of what illness is. Right, yeah. so that they can come in here with the scaremongering tactics, and you go, "Whoa, yeah!" yeah. It, 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 it's it's fascinating when you learn it all. You know, yeah, it's fascinating, and um, it's interesting one with David because Jesus Christ, you know, uh, there's so much I can say, Matt. Probably best keep it for another day. But you know, when you see the same slurs leveled at people, yeah, time and time again. All you got to do is go to their Wikipedia page. You're going to see the same slurs there, there, yeah. there, there, this, there, that, 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 that. Why? Why are they being slurred with these yeah. terms? Right? Yeah. Why are they being slurred with them? Because they're starting to lose their effectiveness now because people are yeah. going, ah, if you get called that, okay, for example, conspiracy, the, uh, that actually means like you're bang on the money because mm. we've, show, we've shown that for the last two years you know yeah yeah you know we've shown that so it, it yeah fascinating mate fascinating. I'll tell you what, what what is wonderful though well just on the end of that i will pick up on is that the fact with the internet now i mean the internet it's 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 the devil and it's it and it's a science in uh, mixed together because obviously you it's it's like another portal to propaganda but back in the day, all these people that the so-called elites, you know, whatever they wanted to put out there, it was only ever the newspapers uh, and the radio back in the 40s and 50s. And then with TV and magazines later on than that. So everything that they owned there, those avenues of uh, broadcasting, uh, they owned, they bought up everything. So whatever was out there news-wise, that's what they wanted to put out there and that's what people believed. The only saving grace with the internet now is they try to do it and they try to put something out there. But there's too many people like us who go, hang on a minute, you've given us this tool called the internet. I'm going to actually find out what really happened. So everything they put out now, within you can guarantee two to three days, gets turned on its head as being bullshit because somebody's gone, now I'm going to find out the truth behind this. So they can't do what they used to do years and years ago, which is a wonderful thing. Yes, exactly. Matt, on a, a, a more enlightening note, um, can you tell us about your album Strong? What's it What's it like to to be independent? How is it to sell 
music through platforms like Spotify. And also, can I just, I said this to you before we recorded, yeah. um, congratulating you that your music is enlightening. Bless you. It's thank you, all man. about taking people up rather yeah. than getting them to feel sorry for themselves. You know, I said this to my earlier friends, you know, most music, you got to remember who controls the music industry and the filming, you know, the, the Hollywood it's, it's, it's the Hollywood is the hero story that we're all failure in life. But if you can win a rugby match or you can climb them out, then you become a hero, right? Yeah, exactly. As opposed, as opposed to the reality that we're all born heroes, you know, we're all born heroes from birth all legends under this universe right the music what the music industry does from what i've i've worked out is they keep you all thinking you're 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 a loser in love that no one's ever going to want you you're a exactly. you know yeah. she she's left you he's you know did i mean and and i can see it matt because i remember when i used to live back in my ego before i was enlightened right i, I traveled around japan one time and i bought this sony like mini player you know this mp3 thing and yeah yeah and i can remember buzzing around japan listening to james blunt right who who's an incredible artist like that i'm not i'm not but the music is you know it's it's actually negativity disguised in a nice tune yeah. you know my life is brilliant my life you know and 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 and, and so to listen to your music reminding me a bit of the rave day or the, the house music days because i love house because it's uplifting it's always positive yeah. it's not about putting people down yeah. um how's it how's it been to branch out on your own um i tell you you know honestly i'm i'll be brutally honest about it branching out on my own was a thing that came about when i was in the midst of being in the band and the fans used to send me messages going, oh, we, we love your voice as well. Have you got any original material out there we, that we can listen to of yours? And and I hadn't, you know, I'd never got anything out there. I always tinkered with little bits and bobs, but I never really had anything out there on forums like Spotify or, you know, YouTube or Apple Music, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was at that point, I, I got to the point, well, I had so many messages asking me for my music. I thought, well, I'm going to have to put an album together. So that's what I did. And, uh, and I met with... Um, James Elevation Crosdale, who is the, the the producer of my albums, and he's a phenomenal musician songwriter as well. Um, and we, we we put an album together, and um, one of the vet, the title track off my first album, which was Happy, which we was talking about earlier. Um, I've always suffered with um, mental health issues since my mother passed away. I've suffered with depression, um, so for me. Um, there's, there's always been triggers in life and I recognise them there because obviously I'm getting older. Um, but I think positivity and being happy are, are one of the most fundamental things in life. You know, that you need them, whether you're suffering from mental health issues or not. I just think being happy um, and trying to achieve happiness um, is one of the most important things you could ever do. Um, and I think having that positivity behind something to try and help people achieve happiness is also important um so i wrote this song called happy and li i literally wrote the whole thing in 20 minutes it was ridiculous he just it was one of the things that just happened you know what i mean he just he was all there um 
And I had so many messages after that was released from people in the healthcare systems and people suffering from mental health issues and everything. Uh, an example was uh, one person sent me, so I listen to this every single morning before I go to work because it puts me in that frame of mind where I feel like I could take on the day, which was phenomenal for me. Uh, another one, somebody said, well, as soon as I get home from work, I put it on because the day has drained me so much, I need something to uplift me. Um, so he basically did what he said on the tin. So going on to the next album with Strong and stuff, Strong is kind of like Happy's elder brother for me. It was like a more uh, mature version of Happy. Um, and I just wanted to, I always find that I need a subject matter to write about and they always have to be positive and you like what you've said it's literally the, the world at the minute is so busy trying to put you down and put you in a box and put you in a compartment and make you do as you're told Pe people's um freedom of speech and freedom of life and happiness are being lost people are living their lives without even understanding uh, what true happiness is because they think it's all to do with what they see on their phone or what they see on their tv or what holidays they can achieve or cars it's nothing to do with that Happiness comes within here and within here. Um, and people need it. People need that uplifting, you know. And if I can help in some small way, God, I mean, and it is a small way, but we've all got to start small and we've all got to make it bigger, you know. Um, but for you to acknowledge that is is a big deal for me, so I really appreciate no, that. No, it's, it's utterly huge for me, mate. But I, I've been waiting for this day when people would start writing good shit instead of all the negative stuff, <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, it, it, it's it's brilliant. Where where can people? What's the best place for people to buy your music? Well, it's on all all, all the sites. Uh, Spotify. You've got uh, Apple and iTunes. You've got Amazon, uh, YouTube, um, and also my own website, which is matthoyofficial.co.uk. And you can actually stream it and download it on there. But you can also buy the hard copy, the old fashioned way. You can get CDs on there as well, and pretend you're a uh, middle aged. Brilliant. We're going to put all your links below, Matt. Brilliant. Thanks so uh, much, Matt. Oh, mate. No, what an absolutely wonderful chat with a, a wonderful gentleman. Thank you so much. Um, not just to you, Matt, but to everyone else that stood up for the bloody, well, I could, I just call it standing up for the children, you know, because so, yeah. someone, someone has to do it. You know, all the Ian Browns of the, of, of the world, the Freds. Um, can I can I just say that while I'm on here as well, there's there's so many people because obviously if you read my my journey at the moment with what I'm doing uh, regarding my previous employers and stuff, um, there's so many people that have been out there that have helped me um, as well. I mean, people like um, Stephen Morris is a big person that's helped me recently, who's uh, part of the the Workers of England Union, um, Robin Tilbrook, um, Jen Roberts, who's my PR. Uh, the Freds, um, these people um, are out there that are fighting against this like we are. Uh, and also people that if you feel that you've been discriminated against as well, you know, within your workplace and that you feel like you've been forced into doing something that you didn't want to do, uh, regardless of whether it's through mandates or discrimination or unfair dismissal, blah, 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 the Workers of England Union are helping people in this situation because it's not right they shouldn't have been placed in that situation so google them i'm sure you, you can put it on the, on the website as well the workers mm -hmm. of england union they are helping people and they are a wonderful wonderful union to be a part of oh man that's really kind that you uh, took the last part of your podcast to to you know to um, share it for other people so thank you
Bless you. No, thank you for having me on, Chris. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Let's keep in touch, brother. Yeah, be great. We're not we're not that far apart in the in 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 the world, and uh, it'd be great to hook up for a shandy or something. Sounds good to me. A little perno sounds good to me, man. <laughs> Max, stay on the line, brother. Uh, to our friends at home, I hope you've enjoyed this as much uh, as I have. I hope this is maybe you know filled in a few blanks for you. Um, and I hope that you will continue your your journey to enlightenment because it's a wonderful place. And one, and if we can get more people there, we, we're never going to have this nonsense again. It just is not going to exist. So, if you could like and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. Click the notification bell, and we'll see you soon. Much love, friends. Thank you for listening to the Bought the T-shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris Thrall. Thank you.